everybody, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And today we have with us author K.D. Richards. <laughs> we are so excited. Can you introduce yourself to us, ma'am? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a, a debut author <laughs> with, uh, with uh, Harlequin Intrigue, and my first uh, book is Pursuit of the Truth. It released in February, so I'm super excited about that, and um, uh, what else can I tell you? I live in Toronto with my husband and uh, two, two boys, two sons, so they keep me busy, <laughs> especially now. Um, but I'm from outside, just outside of the Washington, D.C. area, and I, I'm back and forth, well, pre-pandemic, back and forth <laughs> quite, <Yeah>. quite regularly. <laughs> um, so, you know, awesome. I grew up there. I'm, uh, I grew up there uh, and pretty much lived, lived outside the city most of my life, a few college and a couple years in New York City, but <laughs> for the most part, oh, nice. Washington, D.C. native all the way. <laughs> what is that like for you I mean like what well did you all move right before the pandemic like have you gotten to explore Toronto not as much as I would like we moved about a year before the pandemic like a year and three months or so right right before the pandemic um and then the first year was just like trying we my husband is from Canada so we've been back and forth we just kind of flipped where our where our home base was <laughs> so okay. we still do the back and forth between washington and toronto just like we did you know before mm-hmm. toronto was our home base but um but yeah so my husband is here we're familiar with it it's not obviously he was familiar with it he grew up here um so it wasn't totally new but I, there are definitely things i wanted to do i had plans um during the summer <laughs> and then everything kind of shut down <laughs> so yeah, uh, pretty much. To get yeah. to that after the pandemic is over hopefully, hopefully. yeah yeah exactly. that's crazy like one of one of our friends um her name's laura she has a podcast called what to read next and she moved from i think new york to chicago literally like months before the pandemic. And she's like, I have not gotten to explore my new city. She's like, I live alone. (laughs) I don't know what to do. She's like, I have no friends. I'm like, that sucks. Yeah, well, that's horrible. I mean, that's really a a bad situation. Like, at least we have family here. So there's a few people who we can like, you know, meet out on the street, like stand six feet away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, oh, that would be horrible. I think I would probably just move back to, you know, if I had done yeah. it. Before, like, I, just, I, I don't know if I could stand that, like, to be, to be that isolated. For right, so I think, like, especially if, like, you're in a big city where mm-hmm. if life was normal, you'd have all of these options of things to do, and you're like, I can't do any of them. I know. Yeah, no, that would really suck. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love big cities. I've always lived like right outside of one <laughs> because yeah, yeah, because while yeah. I'm like a homebody and I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. exactly. um, and I don't want to have to plan like weeks in ahead, weeks ahead to do it. So I want to just be able to hop out and like today I feel like going to a museum and like it yeah. just be there and open. And it's and, right there. Yeah. Right. So yeah, no, that, that was in Chicago, such a great city. I've been a few times and it was like mm-hmm. so much to do. 
most of the time. <laughs> in I normal know, times, they're so totally. So congratulations on Pursuit of the Truth. It's book one in your, the, it's the West series, in West Investigation series. Yes. Mm-hmm. And on your website, you write that you, you did a law degree, you worked as an attorney and a legal instructor for like 15 years, a wow. little bit more than 15 years, right? Yeah. Uh, but you've been writing since a young age and you never stopped writing. And for us, we were like, okay, as women, a lot of times we find it difficult to balance career and passion. So while you were working, how did writing serve you at like as an attorney, like your your mm-hmm. off time? Like how did it serve you personally? And how did you find that balance between writing and your passion? Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. Like we all know that when you have a full time day job, it's tough <laughs> to yeah. to find time to do anything else. And then you have kids and family and house and husband and all that on top of it. So it, it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, I'm, I'm mostly when I was working uh, full time, I wrote on the train. So I took the train to work and it was about a 45 minute um, uh, trip. So I would write on the train to work, I'd write on the train coming home. And then sometimes during lunch, if, if, if I could, if I could squeeze it in, I would write, um, I would write on, on, during lunch. Um, and you know, your cell phone, it helps a lot. Cause I would just type stuff out on my cell phone. Um, so that, that, that was kind of how I, how I managed to, to get, um, to get in the words. But at that time I was writing for myself. So I had no real, I had this, okay. what I would call a dream <laughs> to publish, but I was doing absolutely nothing towards, <laughs> I knew nothing about how to make it happen. <laughs> I wasn't trying to figure out how mm-hmm. to make it happen. It was just like, oh, maybe one day, like somebody who, I don't know how, because I wasn't showing anybody the work, that the writing I was doing, but it was just sort of this one day, maybe mm-hmm. I'll be a published writer. <laughs> You know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm not going to do anything to make it happen, but maybe one day. Um, So that kind of took the pressure off (laughs) for one thing. I didn't have to write a certain amount of words. (laughs) I didn't have to get to the end of the story if I didn't want to, if I got tired of it or whatever. Um, It was just for me. It was just a creative outlet. It was just because um, I'm a writer, (laughs) right? Whatever else I do. Yeah. I'm a writer. I need. A, I. I have stories that I want to tell, and I write them out. And at that time, it was fine if nobody ever saw them. That was that was fine for for me. Um, and that you know, you evolve as a person, and, and um, stuff happens. Life happens. We moved here to Toronto, and I was kind of. I was kind of. Um, moving towards getting certified here. At the time, I was teaching. Um, by the time we moved. In the U.S., I was teaching uh, legal English, and I was making moves to get certified here, but I didn't have the job, so that gave me a lot of time to write <laughs> while the, yeah. um, my son's in school. So I was like, well, let me see what happens, you know, if I if I pursue this like a career and I write six hours a day and just, mm-hmm. you know, get – I had finished manuscripts before, but, like, really – once you finish, not just put it to the side, but polish it and edit it and revise it and like do the whole thing. And then of course, once you do that, you're like, well, somebody should see this. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> I worked yeah. really hard. So um, I sent that manuscript off to um, agents 
to just see, to gauge, you know, what they would say. Um, and at the same time, pursuit of the truth jumped it kind of, it just almost jumped into my head fully formed really. <laughs> so, wow. um, wow. I said, you know, but they always say is when you finish your first book, start your second. Right. So I start, I, I wrote, I sat down and it just came really easy. Um, that particular book, mm. most, that, that's the only one, Pursuit of the Truth is the only one that that has happened where the, I just, the characters are just in my head. I don't have to do anything except write their stories out. And so that was really fun. I love the character. I love that story. I love the character. I guess every author says that about their name. <laughs> I love, I love yeah. real people to me. <laughs> So, I mean, you've known for so long that writing was like your thing, but then you go, your path kind of veers this separate way. But I mean, I think that timing for us as readers, and I'm assuming for you all as writers, like timing is everything. Yeah. So, you know, I look at it now and I'm like, well, we could have had pursuit of the truth a long time ago, <laughs> but you know, maybe your path had to go that way. And because mm -hmm. you can tell, like knowing what we know about you from online and like your, mm -hmm. your background, you can tell that like legal stuff is a passion of yours. You feel that when you are reading this book. Yep. So, I mean, do you think that now, are you glad that you didn't push to do it once upon a time like are you oh, yeah. glad that your path went the way that it did yeah I mean I don't know it's hard to you know it's always hard to look back and say if you had done x then you would be y because you don't mm -hmm. really know that <laughs> but yeah um I don't you know I don't regret any of it I enjoyed um practicing law well, I was, you know, when I, well, I enjoyed some parts of it, right? And I, and I, yeah. I didn't, didn't enjoy others, but I, I like the law, you know, as a, as a discipline, as a, uh, as an academic discipline, I like studying it. Mm -hmm. My husband's a lawyer too. So we have um, okay. very interesting conversations about, you know, constitutional issues, even, even now, even though I'm not practicing, he's not practicing. He, he works, he, he's in a law school administration. So he doesn't practice, but we, you know, we still can sit down and have like hour long conversations about esoteric, wow. uh, constitutional, uh, yeah. law issues. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's just, it's just an interest, but mm. I think, um, without that experience, I don't know that I write Nadia, right. She is, I wouldn't say older. She's, you know, a character in her thirties. She's, um, the accomplished woman, she's been in this industry for a while. And, you know, if I had tried to write that at 22 or 23, right out of college, I, I don't know what I'm talking, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't have the experience I had in order to write that. Right. Um, so yeah. even though I was, you know, I didn't, I've never worked in a hotel or anything like that, but, but even though I didn't have the exact <laughs> same experience, it's the, the corporate world experience that yeah. I kind of draw yeah. on and then imagine what it must like be, what it must be like in, um, in this other situation. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, sure. and then being like, 
hotel, like the that whole world in like New York City, which yes. is mm-hmm. huge. And, you know, before COVID times was, yep. I'm sure, yeah. you know, very, very busy. And like that worry of like other people wanting to come in and buy you out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. She just had a lot going yeah. on yeah. in that yeah. book. She does. She has tons of stuff. <laughs> so I feel like you waiting, you did her a lot of justice. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I, I love her character. She's so great. I mean, she's vulnerable and strong. And like, she has that whole where can I do, you know, I'm running this business. I never really thought I was going to be doing it by myself, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but here I am and I want to do it. I think I can do it, but can I do it? I don't know if I can do it. And then mm-hmm. all this other stuff coming at her you know at the same time this crazy ex-boyfriend and a buyout and this guy over here who's great and I kind of like him but it's a little ethically dubious to hook up yeah but he was but he was so great and he's got his own issues right I mean we loved Ryan he's, he's got his right? own issues yeah. he's not perfect either so I, I just thought it was you know I, I, I thought she was both of them are very like real dealing with their issues you know what 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 the outside world is seeing of them is not necessarily what the in their inner world what's going on in their inner world (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so on your I was like rereading your website and then I saw your I got the call interview which I had never, I didn't even know that was a thing on Harlequin. And now I'm like constantly checking, like, I want to see who got the call. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But okay. So you mentioned that Pursuit of the Truth, that was the first manuscript you sent to Harlequin. Can -hmm. you describe for us that journey of working? Like, you've already kind of talked about, you know, moving to Canada and, you know, taking a little bit of a break and like, now I can focus on this. At what point were you inspired of like, let me send this and see what happens. Like, what was that journey like? And then Mm -hmm. you get the call and you're like uh, in bed watching TV and you're like, it was actually an email. I fell out of the bed. I had my husband read it to make sure. Like, what was that like? Oh, it was, it was, I mean, it was great. It was a great feeling to get that email. So yeah, I mean, I, I wrote, I wrote the book. Like I said, the story kind of came to me um, while I was writing the, the finishing another manuscript and then I sat down and I was just like I'm always afraid I'm gonna forget stories when they pop into my head so I write furiously mm-hmm. and just like get the first draft out as fast as I possibly can so I wrote that first draft in six weeks because I was I'm just this is a great story and I'm not gonna forget one single <laughs> thing that I've thought nope. Nope. about <laughs> yeah. these characters um so I got it out and um revised it and I thought you know this is it was it was fairly short, uh, 225, I think, pages or so, um, 53,000 words. So it wasn't, you know, okay. the usual 70 to 90,000 manuscripts. So I thought, you know, who can I send this to? Because I think it's good enough to be published. And in the back of my mind, I thought, well, if, if, and if nobody else does, thinks so, I'm going to self-publish it. So, because I think it's good enough to okay. be published, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be published. Right. Yeah. But I thought, well, I'll send it to Harlequin and, and just see, because I, you know, 
I've been reading Harlequin since before I was allowed to read Harlequin. My my best friend and I would sneak them out of the <laughs> library when we were in middle school. <laughs> we always brought them back. We, we, them back. <laughs> we had to sneak them out, and then we we'd bring them back. Um, <laughs> but um, so I sent it off, and I you know it it actually took a little longer because the pandemic had just started and everybody was trying to just figure out how to exist now (laughs) so it took a little longer than usual and I thought oh well that probably means you know I'm in the pile to get the no note and the intern hasn't gotten around to sending (laughs) that letter yet um so I I kind of that's fine no biggie I'll I'll figure out how to do this um self-publishing thing and um Mm-hmm. I was just, just laying on the bed one day watching TV and, you know, you just kind of reach for your phone out of habit. Like it's been an hour or two since I checked my email. Let's see if, if I got anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I see a name I don't recognize and I open it up thinking, oh, it must be another agent or something that's saying no to the manuscript I'd sent out to agents. And it, you know, it was a, yeah. we love this book and we like to publish it. and. I, I literally fell off the side of the bed. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I, I got, oh I, I my got gosh. ran downstairs and showed it to my husband. Cause I was just like, I, you know, maybe I'm hallucinating. Maybe I just want this so bad that I'm like making up this yeah. whole evening. <laughs> uh, and he read it. And he yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm so I know it's real. <laughs> So yeah, it was, it was great. I was like jumping around my house. I called my mom. I called my brother. I'm like calling everybody I know. And then I have to call them back and say, well, you can't tell anybody yet though, because I haven't actually signed a contract. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's happening, but don't say anything. Right, okay. Right. Well, Not until I, I tell you. Very close to my family. So my first instinct was just like, let me tell everybody I'm super excited. And then a lot of my my yeah, of family members were like, You right? Because <laughs> I never told them that I <laughs> never told them. Right. So I was like, then I had to go through that. But yeah, it was great. It was fun yeah. and exciting and yeah. Oh. So, because I was thinking, I was like, like listening to you, you talk, I'm like, if I was to sit down and write a book, mm-hmm. I think easily it would be 350 to 400 pages. <laughs> but it sounded like from the, the beginning, you were writing to Harlequin. And now that you've told us like, oh, yeah, I was sneaking them out of the library. Do you yeah. think like kind of self-consciously you already knew yeah like the path you wanted to really try to go hard for first yeah yeah I think so I think Mm -hmm. so I mean there I have there are lots of stories I you know just like any writer I have tons of um journals notebooks with like the start of stories and outlines of stories and summaries (laughs) of characters and stuff that maybe one day will make an appearance but that have popped into my head some it's somewhere along the line and I, I wrote them down um but yeah, I mean, 20 years of reading Harlequins, you kind of know what, you know, what their style is, what they're looking for, how it has evolved yeah. over time. Yeah. Um, so that definitely, you know, is in the back of, of my mind. And to anybody who's thinking of submitting to them, like read a lot of Harlequins, <laughs> like read a lot of what they yeah. 
published um because it'll it it will really help you and know the differences between the lines i i i've read and actually books in all of their lines but they're obviously they're going to be certain lines that are you are you are drawn more to i like mysteries so the romantic suspense and the entry lines are going to be the lines that just i just naturally read more books in um but and that doesn't mean i don't read the other lines but those are the ones when they come out i'm like oh yes 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 <laughs> right i'm reading all of those yeah so yeah. um you know know yeah. the line yeah. that you the, if you're writing if you're writing for them you're writing uh with the idea of submitting to them kind of have an idea of what line your book fits into um and where you're going and it will really help you as you're writing it right because if you're doing if you're doing, um, you know, Love Inspired, which I think is the is the sort of closed door romance, and you've got dare level <laughs> you know, scenes, yeah, that <laughs> is be problematic. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. yeah. It, it's not gonna fit yeah. right. over here. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> readers know what they readers know. I mean, and, and be a reader, right? That's the other thing. Like, think about it from uh, from a reader's perspective. Readers know what they like. If you like open yeah. door scenes, mm-hmm. like I just I just saw some someone posted on Instagram where where they said they kind of had like a frowny face or whatever um, uh, photograph, and they're saying when I when I think I'm gonna get a open door romance, but it's actually closed door, right? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I mean, it could be a good yeah. story, but oh, I thought I was gonna get some steamy romance yeah. here, and this is you know, it's okay, it's nice, it's sweet, but that's not what I want yeah. right now, right? We just know what the yeah. romance yeah. readers know what we want. <laughs> right. That's right. You know what you want, even if you read across different um, levels of romance. At this particular time, I might be looking yeah. for a sweet romance. I don't want Stevie. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want sweet. exactly. So, you know, exactly. Know your audience, right? In in, in industry, know your audience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, for sure. So when you were sneaking books out of the library, were they romantic suspense? No, I, you know, I don't remember them being, I remember the, um, I'm not even sure if they had, a, the, the, they had as many lines so distinctively. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, I'm over 30. Like my number doesn't start with a three anymore. So <laughs> it was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> so, I feel so. your pain. <laughs> we're all friends here <laughs> so uh it was a while ago i what i, rem- I remember most about it as um those kind of older white covers with the red um uh at the top the presents and novel, I, I can't remember is it a silhouette or i can't remember what line it they mostly were but they were definitely mm-hmm. not they were the mm-hmm. rip bodice kind of um, ones yeah. that, you know, Ooh. the reason we were sneaking okay. them out is because the library thought we were too young to be checking them out. Right? So it was like they were, they were senior than, than adults thought that we should be reading at 12 and 13 years old. Right. Um, <laughs> I love that my daughter is 12 and I'm yeah. like, if you want to read one of mommy's books, go ahead. Like I, I want that experience for her because I didn't have that experience. Yeah. I'm like, 
if you want to read this, here you go. You know, Let's you can see. read anything on my shelf. I have two my boys, niece is the and uh, my oldest is eleven. <laughs> he just turned eleven, and they're like, they don't, they don't want to read any. He only no. wants to read about video games and making video. He he likes coding and that kind of stuff. So he's he's uh, he's only interested in that. And my youngest is only interested in mysteries. So I don't know when they're going to decide they want, or if they want, are going to decide they want to read. Cause it's like romance. And right now they're like, Ech, no, girls are gross. The boys are gross. I'm just, I don't know. No. Kissing is gross. <laughs> I don't want no. any of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. My, my son loves he's still like he's into goosebumps and Mm -hmm. he's I always tell my husband like he's gonna be a professional hacker like the things kids learn (laughs) they learn so quickly about computers now and like just watching YouTube and like he's into conspiracy theories and I'm like you're (laughs) 10 where's this coming from but he and he loves journaling he he writes little comics and I'm just Aww. like, you know, That's awesome. you, you know, he's like, he's not, hasn't really found his way with sports and stuff, but I'm like, the things that you like make you cool. You yeah, know? That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So where did your love of crime and justice yeah. come from? <laughs> I do not know. that's really the answer both my brother and i really love like the discovery id channel where you watch the true crime and i i do i like reading the true crime um novels um novel nonfiction. um Mm -hmm. but i don't i mean i don't know there i you know neither of my parents were in law enforcement or anything like that maybe Maybe it's just the proximity to Washington, which there's a lot, you know, politics and law and, and U.S. history is like yep. <laughs> right there. But I don't know. It's right just, there, it's just yeah. kind of just something that interests me because part of it, it, most of it really is I've, I'd like the true crimes, the true crime books I read and the shows I watch always have an ending where the bad guy's caught, which, you know, obviously is not real life yeah. but I do like yeah the sort of that justice is served at the end <laughs> right and it's, it's comforting yeah. mm-hmm. it's comforting to know that the bad guys get caught and it's best we can we try to get some justice for whatever they've done so I mean maybe it's that kind of mm-hmm. wanting the world to to end up right to some extent like when wrongs are done that you're corrected it's best um but I don't I really don't know I mean and and legal stuff is really popular like I messaged Sarah last night and I was like well you're probably asleep she's like oh no I'm watching law and order before I go to bed (laughs) yeah it's her like what tenth rewatch of the yeah. show. the entire series. Yeah, I cannot watch Law and Order though. It's just like what doctors say about doctor shows, lawyers. Say. It's just like yeah. all I can do is spot all the inaccuracies. And I mean, I know what why they're there in the in the um to tell the story and get the story moving and whatnot. It's it, real life court cases for the most part 
are boring. Right. Nobody jumps up and screams objection. Like what well, somebody might, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not advisable to do that. It's not advisable to do that. Um, right. So I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's dramatic in its own way, but not in like, it that doesn't come off TV wise. If we did it the way, That's you fair. know, it's actually done. So I get mm-hmm. it, but uh, but it also is kind of grating, and all I can see is the mistakes and inaccuracies. So mm-hmm. I stopped watching Law and Order like really early on <laughs> because of that. <laughs> I don't want to watch fictionalized legal shows. It I just it I just can't. Yeah. But the um the the more the, the ones that aren't a, a really about um being in a courtroom. Or you know the, the the law as lawyers, those are more interesting because I, I know less about that, right? So they can probably get away with telling me <laughs> stuff that's inaccurate. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. As much. Yeah. I didn't know that you could do that. <laughs> right. I still, you know, there's still some stuff I catch. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, you might need to read Miranda in that yeah. case, but it, it doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Earlier, you mentioned that you taught legal English. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. This is my nerd yeah. light going off here. Uh, most most, uh, most law schools now have lots of um, foreign trained lawyers who come to, to U.S. law schools to um, get their U.S. legal credential, either because they do a lot of work in their home country with U.S. Um, companies or uh, U.S. trained lawyers, or because they want to work in the U.S. and they need a U.S. credential, and so the, usually those those students are very much fluent in in English, have no problem like navigating day to day. But legal English is to, you know it's a totally different <laughs> ball game, right? Okay. Just like any industry, ha- they have their own sort of vernacular and their own um you know their own uh their own language, really. You know where, that any everyone has to learn every. Everyone who starts law school, whether you've been trained foreignly or in a foreign country or not, you go into law school and there's all these word, words that you have never seen <laughs> before and have okay. no idea. So that's, you know, that's what we focused on as well as um, helping them with uh, improve their writing, because that's uh, an area of, of um, when you're learning English or any language, really, um, if you think back, if you've ever learned a language, right? They, a lot of emphasis is put on speaking because that's, you know, that's why you're learning the language and, and less so on the other um, areas of the language. But in, in law, of course, you need to be able to write very, very well. Mm-hmm. So, As a lawyer, are you doing a lot of writing? I don't know why I'm like, oh, isn't yeah. that what the paralegals do? But I'm just like, at, is that when, when you're writing on the train, for fun yeah. is that you kind of clearing your mind to now go do like a 12 hour day of legal writing yeah I mean I don't know a lawyer that doesn't write a lot <laughs> okay I, mean, I, I, I just imagine like long court days no, so <laughs> yeah. I started out doing corporate law in a firm I did that for about three years and that was probably the least amount of writing but still a lot of writing but then I I moved over to doing um like business regulatory law and there was a lot a lot of reading that's I would say it's like Mm -hmm. a big chunk and then writing 
the mm-hmm. second biggest chunk of what we had to do. Okay. Um, memos and letters and just, I mean, it, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily filing complaints and, and to the court or any, it, 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 we did have amicus briefs sometimes, but for the most part, we didn't have to write court documents, but there's still tons of writing that I'm trying to think of a legal area that, you know, friends or something say, yeah, I don't write a lot, but I, I can't. <laughs> of any area that anybody I know, I guess it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but all, all of my legal friends. I mean, because we... We both read Pursuit of the Truth, like, back to back. Like, I was, I think, like, right in the middle of it, right, Sarah? And I messaged, you know, I was like, you have to read this book. And she already had it. She was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm reading, like, these other two. And I was like, Sarah, you got to read it. And she's like, okay, I'll put it on the side. And she started reading it. And, like, the thing about Sarah is she's very stingy with five stars. Very stingy. And okay. she's like, this is the first five-star read of 2021 for me. And I was like, I told you. (laughs) And so now like hearing you talk, right, Sarah, like you write all the time. You've been writing all the time for so long. It's like, it makes sense that this book was perfect. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I I appreciate the five star, and I'm so happy that you liked it. It's so many people have have messaged me that they enjoyed it. So I'm I'm thrilled. I never imagined. I thought it was good, and I I, you know obviously I I submitted it to Harlequin. I thought it was good enough to be published, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't anticipate that people would like it so much. So I'm so thrilled that they do. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, yeah, I mean, I am very new to romantic suspense and Sarah and I be, like being bloggers and being pretty active online, like romantic suspense, unfortunately is like the subgenre that people want to read more of, mm-hmm. but it, it takes a back seat, I think to the other subgenres. Mm-hmm. you think Sarah? So I like agreed. when we read it, we was like, this is what I think you should pick up if you're wanting to read romantic suspense. And like, this Absolutely. is how it is done. Like mm-hmm. you wasted no time. I mean, Nadia gets pushed in front of the cab, like two or three pages. <laughs> in. And it's like, she is getting right down to it. Yeah. it was... So you said that like, Nadia and Ryan came to you did they come to you first and then you built everything else around them or did the entire story kind of show up at once Nadia came first but like maybe you know just a little before the entire story came and Ryan's character kind of took shape last uh you know that his was not that he's in any way incidental to the story but um it did, that's just sort of the way it, it, it unfolded for me. I could see Nadia and I, I even though kind of the back cover um, talks about the book from Ryan's point of view a little bit, I think more so than Nadia's mm-hmm. for me, this is Nadia's story. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. kind of how I Absolutely. wrote it. And, and Ryan supports her. And, you know, if, if I have to like break down the story, it's like 51% hit her and 49% him. Right. It's just slightly more, her mm-hmm. <laughs> is the story mm-hmm. um yeah so that's sort of how it 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 came out and I don't I mean I don't really know 
the I don't want to give too much away for people who might not have read, but um, certain characters yeah. <laughs> came to me as like, oh, you know, I don't like this guy or this this guy is is morally dubious, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of how the plot yeah. worked out because those characters and what they were into and how it was affecting Nadia um sort of came came mm-hmm. to mind um and, and 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 that's and that's how it all rolled it was really kind of more character driven than plot driven <laughs> and i think the reason it worked so well now i've read a lot of romantic suspense like i've been reading intrigue for 10 plus years but the ones that are done well are the ones that the romance or the relationship is sort of kind of already established like they yeah. know each other they liked each other it's not, the ones that I find unbelievable is, okay, people are shooting at us and we're in a getaway car, but God, you're sexy. You know, like, that just, <laughs> yeah. I know we just met, <laughs> but it just doesn't seem to work as well. Yeah. Whereas the characters were already established in that aspect. I No, I totally agree. And that's one of the things I, I thought about when, you know, trying to fashion the the romance is that, if he's new to to um, her her account and to and to provide mm-hmm. security for the hotel, yeah, you might you might have that instant like, wow, he's he's a good looking guy. I mean, we, we, that ha- happened, mm-hmm. but you're not yeah. in love with the man. Like, if he walked away and you never saw him again, no. you probably wouldn't even remember him, <laughs> right? Like that's how <laughs> yeah. we normally behave. I mean, um, yeah. even even in in very quick relationships you need more than like that first meeting that's my you know my experience um but so Mm -hmm. i i agree i i don't i don't love like insta love stories no i need something even if it's we had a relationship and we haven't seen each other in a year or two or three or whatever and then we see yep. each other again because then you can I can believe like you harbored some feelings somewhere inside but if you just yeah. if you just met mm-hmm. the man I you know it's gonna take more than 200 no. pages for me <laughs> so. yeah <laughs> agreed yeah I mean and that's what I think was so genius about the book because a lot of times what doesn't work for me is something kind of lacks either the romance lacks or the suspense element lacks and what you did was they already know each other they've been crushing on each other but they know each other professionally and there's boundaries that neither one of them want to cross because they do have respect for each other's profession and like what they're both Mm -hmm. doing So that relationship was already established and then all these crazy things are happening around Nadia. And now it's like, well, we need to work a lot more closely together. So let's get down to the bottom of what's happening. And then in the midst of all this time together, now we're starting to see like, let's pull pull the wall down a little bit more and a little bit more. (laughs) It just, it worked. It was so good. Yeah, And it felt like very like, gritty it felt like like the 90s new york undercover i was like man like this is <laughs> she is ruthless i did love that show. <laughs> it was i mean from the beginning it was you wasted no time i was like she's she knew she had 
251 pages yeah. and every mm-hmm. single page mattered. Yeah, that's right. Thank that's you. Right. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, some of that is just me as a reader. I am not patient. Like, I want to know what is happening. Yeah. And if I don't know, you know, I, I do love psychological thrillers. So if I don't know what's happening, it's going to have to be gripping. It's going to have to be like, what in the world is this? Yeah. Like, I have to keep turning because yep. it's like, whatever is happening on this page is so crazy. <laughs> I need yeah. to know, what <laughs> it, 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 how is this happening? What is going on? Um, but of course, that's not Harlequin. So that was out of the door. So, mm. you know, a, a lot of a lot of my writing is, what would I like to see? What would I like to read? If If I find it boring, I tend to just cut it. I mean, maybe somebody else would think it's great, but I, I just, I'm like, ugh, it's too slow, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's not, I need, I need, I need, I'd li- I like, I, I, I like, I like things to get, to get moving, to get to it. <laughs> and as a, as a woman reading Nadia, like the, I was terrified. Like I was scared. There were scenes where I was shaking because like she was running and she knows she's running from someone but she doesn't know who she doesn't know why yeah, she's being yeah. chased. And like, I, I felt that I was like, this could be anybody, you right. know, like mm-hmm. you are obviously being pursued and you have no, no idea right. why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Definitely. I mean, she, she's just like minding her business, <laughs> going yeah. to work, <laughs> running her, running her business, you know, grieving for her. She just lost her father not too long ago, her brother not too long ago. She, I she was just trying to get through this difficult period. And then it's like, who are you? Why are you attacking me? I'm just, you know, it, it, she's not even a big player in the hotel industry, right? She's not even like, mm-hmm. it's not like she's a Marriott or something. <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why be my business? Like how, can this be happening to me and why and what is going on? So, um, but I'd love to, you know, to kind of to your point about making romance, um, making the romance realistic. She's not like, well, I'm just going to buy a gun and be Annie Oakley and like go solve this problem myself. She's right. like, I'm, yeah. I'm a hotel yeah. executive. Right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I do not know how to, you know, find the bad guys. Let yeah. me, but I have this resource and this guy yes. who does yes. like, this is his job. He yeah. knows a little bit more. I mean, not that he, mm-hmm. you know, is tracking down gangsters either, but <laughs> he at least right. you know, is a PI mm-hmm. and a security specialist. He knows more about this than me. Let me use yep. that resource. And I think, um, you know, that is consistent with her being a business woman, right? She's like, I know I can't do everything. I'm not yep. cleaning the hotel rooms while I'm managing the company. I hire mm-hmm. the people that I need to hire and they work well together, you know? Awesome. I want to read one of the, like my favorite passages from the, the, the book. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I love this. The real mob families looked nothing like the one note portrayals given in the movies with shakedowns at the neighborhood mom and pop stores. In reality, organized crime had stepped into the 21st century with everyone else. Today's gangsters had college degrees, wore $3,000 suits to the office, and were more diverse and gender balanced than the average state legislature. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, that is so <laughs> true. <laughs> it's not like 1920s, right. like no. film noir film. Like, no, like you have no idea. 
what yep. the bad guys look like yeah today. i mean i i i'm i'm not have no expertise in like the mob or any of you know yeah. syndicates or anything like that but um just from like i said reading the kind of the true crime and then just paying attention to stuff that's happening in the newspaper right you see who are the that's people right. who are who are embezzling and swindling and conning, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not who you think. I mean, the reason they can get away with it for so long is because they look like that you and me. Because... They look like respectable businessmen. They went to college mm-hmm. you know, and women. It's not just men. Um, you know, they went, they went mm-hmm. to good schools and they have connections and, you know, in theory don't have to do this, <laughs> but they are choosing, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Instead of using the NBA to build a business, mm-hmm. they are using it to, you know, commit crimes. They're not, and, yeah. and it makes sense, yeah. right? I mean, criminal syndicates are businesses just like any other business. They, you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. putting aside mm-hmm. the legality. Their purpose is to, you know, make money and yeah. <laughs> all that, and and all of that. So it, it kind of right. makes sense that you would say, well, let's apply some of these business uh, school ideas Absolutely. and tools and yep. to to that. So you know that it's it's made up in the sense that I don't I don't have any particular I don't know anybody in the mob to call up and do research and say, hey, how do you how does it, how does the mob run? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's it's made up yeah. in that But it's it makes sense as times changed. Right. You know, that they would update their the way methods that we go about doing change. things have changed. Right. That they right. would update their methods just yep. like I remember when I when yep. I first like got out of the the Air Force, I was watching this documentary and it was like the amount of like gang members that join the military to learn, you know, how to do weapons, how to take weapons yeah. apart and different like military tactics that they can then when they get out, now you have that knowledge. And it's like, that would be the perfect place to learn right. a lot <laughs> that you can apply. A lot of people think that, you know, criminals are criminals because they're not smart. And I don't know that, I mean, maybe they're just like anywhere some people in, mm-hmm. in the business aren't that smart. <laughs> some people in the business are really smart. And, you know, mm-hmm. they have figured out a tons of different ways to thwart, you know, authorities, just like anybody yeah. else. <laughs> right? For sure. So what's some of your, like, true crime or, like, nonfiction reads that you fangirl over? <laughs> that you enjoy i don't yeah. know that fangirl of it i don't have it's not like um for me it's not like fiction where there's some books that i just i love this book and i reread it over and over and over and over again um i recently read i think it's called i've got a monster or we've got a monster it's uh about the Balt- uh, police corruption in baltimore and since I'm from Maryland, okay. it, it you know one uh, I saw it and I was like, oh right, I remember that um, story. I remember mm-hmm. when that was in the paper, and it's so good. It's so well written. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the names. It's two authors who are like uh, journalists slash crime uh, nonfiction novelists, but it's it's really good, and I love that. And then um, there is another, I saw a uh, documentary and it made me um, seek out books on, on um, the Silk Road. I don't know, when, when, did, when did that happen? 
I want to say early 2000s and it was Silk Road was a online um, like open air drug market basically where you could uh, go to the dark web and buy oh all kinds of um, drugs <laughs> all over the world and um, <laughs> wow. it, yeah it was crazy and it was run by this guy who lived in San Francisco just like a normal looking man who you know went camping and had friends and and he's running this like billion dollar drug market online. It's like, and then and, and, like, right, talking about people just like wow. normal. Like, I think he went to like Stanford or some, some Berkeley, one of these like, wow. like, I don't, it might not have been, it might not have been, I think he was actually from Texas. So he went, I think he went somewhere in Texas. I don't want to slander Berkeley or Stanford. <laughs> 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 um, but he was living in San Francisco, I think, when they caught him. But he was just like a regular guy who could have done normal things with his life. Yeah. Um, yep. And so I started reading it, but I'm, ta- it's, I'm taking the slow road because I've, I've got deadlines <laughs> to finish it. But uh, <laughs> I started reading this book about just how did he get involved with all of this? Like, what is, yeah. hmm, how, how, how do you go from being, you know, a college student to like this mastermind um, drug dealer? And he he's like sentenced to jail for like 500 years or something. I think they said in the documentary. Like basically, he's never getting out. Right? He just he's, he's like, never getting out. Yeah, never getting out. Charges against him. Um, he you know he ended up trying. One minute to you're out. camping, and the next minute you're in jail for 500 years. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. But I'm like, those are the things that kind of interest me. Like, how do you go from being this regular person to you yeah. know? Yeah. This, this mastermind kingpin, like just what are the steps? <laughs> now, not that I want to take them, but just like yeah. what's going on in your head? Like, just I'm just curious. Too. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a yeah. really interesting transformation. I mean, obviously, you know, we like to say they're sociopaths or psychopaths to begin with, right? And so I guess it, it, the mm-hmm. idea is that they were never normal. They just were very good at, <laughs> at, at, at yeah. pretending to be. I I, yeah. Maybe yeah. that is it, but yep. I don't know. It's just interesting. And I, I think that's what's cool about like romantic suspense. And I really felt that after reading Pursuit of the Truth, it's just there is stuff that goes on every day that you have no idea about and you have mm-hmm. no idea how you could get entangled up in something. Right. And yeah. we see that with Nadia. She has to figure out how did I get <laughs> caught up in this? Yeah. <laughs> Right. And it's like, that could be any woman at any time. You never know when you're kind of a pawn for something. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it happens all the time, right? You see those Bernie Madoff, all these people who just, you know, doing normal things. I'm just investing with this guy and all these, all these people are vouching for him and, you know, all these, all these reputable people. And then the next thing you know, your life savings gone, your house is gone. You hear about these people who are like, you know, they somehow signed away their home and they have no idea how this happened. And it's like your whole world is destroyed over Mm -hmm. um, one person's greed. Just, I mean, that's basically what it amounts to. One person's Mm -hmm. greed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has publishing your first book change anything about how you are writing now <laughs> well now i have deadlines right it's not like the yeah. <laughs> train and like, i can write four words and <laughs> wow four yeah. words today like no you, you have 
you've got a deadline. <laughs> you've got yeah. things to get out. Um, we need this by this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And their proposals. I, you know, I, I don't, I can't finish one book and then start thinking about the next one. <laughs> you've got to be thinking okay. ahead um, as you're as you're writing. I'm editing and writing. You know, a, write, starting one manuscript, editing one manuscript at the same time because of publishing um, deadlines. Yep. So it definitely changed, but um, mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's great. It doesn't, I, I'm not allowed to procrastinate, <laughs> right? I, 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 I can't, yeah. I can't, you know, sit around and, and daydream forever about this character and this story and what it could be in mm-hmm. my book tour and all. It's like, you gotta get, you gotta get stuff done. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that you will give any other series a try? Yes. But I can't really? say more than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're here for it. <laughs> yes. I, I feel a like desire novel with a high powered lawyer from Washington, D.C. <laughs> I mean, your true life love story is you and your husband are both lawyers. Yes. Right? <laughs> very That's romantic true. to me. Yep, I don't know yep. if it fits desire, though. It, it, do they have, like, a goofy line? Like, <laughs> a, a oh, my gosh. romance line? That would be, that would be more us. Yeah. I know. Right? I just, Sarah and I were just talking the other day because, like, I hauled some Harlequin duets, like the old rom-com line yeah. because of her. And I'm like, we need a rom-com line to come yes. back. Even if it's just yeah. a series, like a mini series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. I think I have to think on that, but we, we're more rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love <laughs> it. <laughs> legal, legal background notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah, I I read recently Reese Ryan's last book, um, Waking Up Married, and mm-hmm. I, I messaged Sarah and I'm like, yo, this book is really funny. I don't remember the mm-hmm. last time I read a desire novel that like I laughed. I was yeah. like, this yeah. feels like the hangover movie. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know they could do that. I, I love co- uh, uh, romantic comedy books and they're so hard to do. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Uh, before before I wrote like any any Harlequin, any thrillers, I was writing like a cozy comedy mystery, and I, it's it's never going to see the light of day. But it's yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard. It's funny. I as love rom coms in real life. Just to to translate that into on, on paper. paper. I, I, yeah, I that's got to be hard to do. Hard. Yeah, I didn't imagine. I, I, I really respect the authors who can pull that off, man. That's what I think every time I read one. I'm like, I love rom-coms and I have like a very, I feel like easygoing sense of humor, but I would never be able to pull this off yeah. on paper because I don't mm-hmm. think everybody gets necessarily everybody's humor, you know? Right, Absolutely. right. Yeah, and that's true. That's true for sure. Okay, Sarah. Do you want yes. to do our finish the sentence? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Are you ready? She's going to ask you some finish the sentence. 
and then we'll roll into rapid fire. Okay. Don't think about them too much. Just go with whatever comes to mind. Okay. <laughs> I want to add one of my own in that you didn't put in here. Okay. As a fellow Torontonian, once the city's back open, what's the first thing you want to go do or experience? Uh, I want to go to the Fashion History Museum. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I really love looking at fashion. I do not enjoy purchasing, <laughs> going to the store shopping. <laughs> I do not enjoy dressing up. <laughs> my go-to is a pair of jeans. And when I really want to get fancy, right. I have my good jeans. And that's about yeah. it. <laughs> I really want to go. But I love like <laughs> looking at beautiful dresses. I love looking at, you know, how fashion has changed over, mostly for women. Mm -hmm. uh, men's fashion is okay, but it's not nearly as interesting as women's fashion. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely yeah, want to go to the, um, the fashion museum. Awesome. I'm so jealous that y'all have a fashion museum. You <laughs> have a great so one in New York, too, if you're ever in New York. Oh, um, my gosh. And when I lived there, I would go, like, every time the exhibit changed. I was like, oh, I got to go. And I think it was, like, a dollar. I don't know if because I was a student or what, but it was, it was so great. It was so cheap. <laughs> oh. I did my bachelor's in history, and it was like my last two courses that I learned that fashion history was a thing. And I was mm -hmm. obsessed. Like I listened to this one interview this lady did. She is like a wedding dress historian. And I'm like, who mm -hmm. would have known that wedding dresses have such a long history? Me? Oh yeah. my God, they do. I love wedding dress history. I just love dress history, really. Dress history is so interesting. Yeah. 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 Katie Richards is so cool. <laughs> so cool. Right? <laughs> I, I just said dress history is so interesting. <laughs> so I don't know that cool. We're nerds over here, okay? <laughs> history nerds, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> um, when I'm not writing, I'm uh, trying to hang out with my boys, uh, hoping they will let me. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting to the age where they're like, that's all right, mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, but if they're not letting One me, I'm, I'm probably reading. I also like playing the violin. I suck. I'm horrible. Oh wow! Uh, oh no, not wow. That's I'm fantastic. really bad. I took it up only about four <laughs> years ago, so I have no like. Not like I learned when I was a kid. I okay. learned when I was. A, I started learning when I was adult. Oh, okay. and then pandemic started, and so I have had no teacher. So I'm just doing my own thing. Um. But okay. I do enjoy it. And in my head, it sounds beautiful. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. That's right. That's right. That that's all that <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, one movie I will never stop watching is? Moonstruck. I love that movie. I, with uh, Cher and, and um, uh, Cage. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, right. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. It's yeah. so great. The the mostly well not mostly, but the cinematography, I love it. I mean it's old, so it's not up to today's standards, but for, for the time period, I just, it's just perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> um, if this song comes on while I'm in the car, I will absolutely crank up the volume and sing along loudly. Um, Purple Rain, anything Prince really, I love Prince. Um, 
It's funny you ask that question. For the last couple of days, I've had the song Candy Girl in my head because it came on the radio when I was in the car a couple of days nice. ago. <laughs> new edition? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, new edition? Candy yeah, yeah, Girl? new edition is Candy Girl. So or Candy Girl. Right. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, is, did I say the wrong? Is that the wrong title? Love it. Candy Girl. That's the title. Oh, it might that might be the refrain. No, no, no. You got it right. You got it right. Okay. <laughs> I, I I couldn't hear if you said Candy Rain. I was like, uh, did you say Candy? No, that's because it's Purple Candy Rain. Girl. But maybe the- <laughs> <laughs> Purple yeah. Rain is the one. Yeah. If it comes on, everybody in my house knows. Just like whatever you're doing, stop. Let her dance it out because <laughs> yep. she's gotta do her thing. So that's that's the one that that's my that's my jam i love purple rain um awesome but but candy girl is good too and since it's stuck in my head i'm gonna give it a shout out <laughs> there you go there you go love it um a wardrobe staple of mine is jeans 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 yep. jeans you can dress them up you can there dress you. them down they're perfect right. <laughs> um one item i have to have within arm's reach while writing is pen and paper yeah, uh, that's how I work out thorny issues, plot, character, setting, whatever, pen and paper. Is most of your writing done on computer? Yeah. Or yeah. do you still, okay. For the most part. But when things get tough, I have to go to pen and paper to, to figure it out. That's fair. Wow. I don't usually write like scenes, but it's just like, yeah. who is it? What's happening? I'm not sure. Like just to kind of get through rough spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to do the rapid fire too there, Miss Bree? Go ahead. All righty. Um, you decided to, to it's takeout for dinner tonight. Where are you ordering from and what are you ordering? Oh, pho uh, nom. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I had it yesterday. <laughs> I usually, I usually, if I go a whole week without getting pho, it's like, okay, I'm in withdrawal. I got to go. got to go get it. <laughs> It's such, it's like a soul hug. Like yep. it just hugs your soul and warms you up. <laughs> it's perfect. It's the perfect See, food. I'm not an adventurous eater. And I, like I had coworkers that used to go twice a week when I was working in the city. And I'm just like, I'll just stick here with my peanut butter sandwich. I'm the most boring person <laughs> ever. <laughs> my husband says I have the palate of a five-year-old and I'm yeah. fine with that. Peanut butter, um, peanut butter and jelly is my go-to if I'm hungry in the middle of the night. So it is okay. a good comfort food too. Yep. Yep. That's all about it. Um, what is the one love of your life? Um, besides my kids, <laughs> um, I'd say I have this, um, this teddy bear, Theodore bear or Teddy B I've had since I was like seven years old. My mom bought it for me one uh, Valentine's day and he's gone everywhere with me. If I, I know, <laughs> he's gone to college, he's come back, he's got a law school. He, he is the most educated teddy bear ever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love him. I do let my kids play with him. Ted, me and Teddy B, that, that's, that's my best friend. Yeah. I love that. My niece that's had totally- one of those like Build-A-Bear bears and his name is Teddy. And the older she got, 
my mom was just like, I feel like you're going to lose him. So he's become my mom's oh, yeah. bear. And he, <laughs> I mean, he got left at my grandma's back in Missouri one time and she put him in a box and yeah. she like poked holes in it. So when my mom got it in Chicago, she's like, mom, why'd you poke holes in it? She's like, Teddy had to breathe. <laughs> right. <laughs> While he was being shipped back. Nice. I love it. I love teddy bears. Yeah. 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 No, I have a, uh, a Winnie the Pooh my dad bought the day I was born. And I've had three major surgeries that sit kids downtown. And every surgery, that bear was in surgery with me. They put him in plastic. And they do that for the kids. And then I would wake up and he would actually have like the collar around his neck with his name. (laughs) He's on the side of my bed. I can't. That bear has seen things that. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. That's that's sweet. Everyone has that. You know, everyone should. Have that one thing that just goes through with them through life, you know. Your one constant thing that you can. I agree. Right. I agree. Right. Um, what is one hill that you will wholeheartedly die on? Okay, this is a constant argument in my house, mostly between me and my sons. My husband has tapped out, but <laughs> Batman is not a superhero. Batman is a hero. But he has no superpowers and therefore cannot be a superhero. That is the hill I am with. I will die oh. on that hill. And I and I would like to say I have skin in the game. My favorite super <laughs> uh, well hero is Iron Man, who is not okay. a superhero because he does not have superpowers. But he is still the best hero, as far as I'm concerned, in the world. But I'm I'm capable of seeing who him for who he really is. So that that is <laughs> my sons disagree. How did Iron Man become your favorite? How yeah. did he become I love Robert yeah. Downey Jr. I mean that's really all. I was okay. gonna say yes. <laughs> I just have a question. I refuse to watch the last two Avengers because uh I think okay, it's, uh, everybody should know this by now, so Turn away mm. if you have not seen the last two Avengers. Yeah. I'm about to spoil. <laughs> I haven't seen them because my husband my husband runs out and he has to see everything opening opening weekend. And okay. I'm like, okay. nah, I don't like all those people. I'm just gonna wait. Mostly, I mm-hmm. wait till it comes on TV because by the by the time people aren't going to see Marvel um, movies, I've totally forgotten I wanted to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. He went out and so he came back and he said, you do not want to see The Last Avengers. And I had been waiting to, on the second, la- second to last one because I don't like cliffhangers. So I want to be able to just okay. watch all the way through. And he's like, mm-hmm. I said, you know, so he told me what happened that Iron Man dies. And so I was like, yeah, I'm boycotting. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> Iron Man yeah. is forever. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man does not die. So, um, yeah, no. And I just love Robert Downey Jr. There's no other reason. Oh, yeah. Do you That's feel fair. that Black Panther is a hero's journey or a heroine's <sighs> journey? Is a hero's journey or a what? Or a heroine's journey. I honestly, Black Panther is a or human a little bit journey. of both. Black Panther is okay. a human journey. Black Panther is a journey. I love the movie Black Panther, <laughs> and I don't. There's only a few <laughs> um, um, of those like superhero or hero type movies that I like. Black Panther is one of them. Um, if I had to choose hero or heroine, I don't, 
you know, I mean, anybody can kind of see. I, I know that Black Panther is, is you know, male, obviously. But I, I think mm-hmm. anyone can kind of see themselves in Black Panther, right? I mean, maybe that's just me. I, yeah. I, I, you can connect to Black Panther without wanting to, like, save the world. There's so... It, that movie is so deep. Yeah. There's so much going on in that movie. <laughs> Anybody can find something yeah. that mm-hmm. sort of speaks to them. I, I've, I mean, that's one of the few like Marvel superhero movies that I've watched many, many times. Just not because I'm like so into the actual saving the world or the plot of the movie, but that it's just the the so many levels, the different. Oh my gosh! Well, I could have we could have a whole another podcast on Black Panther. <laughs> well i I read this book recently called called the heroine's journey and the author was like this is the one super superhero movie that i'm kind of stumped on because like hero's journey you're trying to defeat something but you are like you think of like wonder woman she she defeats the bad guys but then she's alone at the end of the movie whereas heroine's journey which we see in romance it's about connection and i'm Mm -hmm. like Black Panther has like both a lot of both in there. Yeah. So I was like, I can see how I think it's, we like, would I think be it's really just a human journey. It depends yeah. on which character are you con- connecting with the most, with subplot, sub story, mm-hmm. subtext is really like grabbing you. And that might change like from from watch from viewing to viewing, right? <laughs> if you watch it a yeah, second or third time, it's like, wow, I missed that. You know, this, this other thing. <laughs> Each of those characters <laughs> is just perfectly written. They have their own personality. They have their own plot. They have their own. They're. That's a brilliant movie, really. I think so too. Awesome. What would 17-year-old Katie Richards think of herself now? Uh, <laughs> I think she'd be surprised. <laughs> right? I think she'd be surprised. At 17, I thought I was going to be a psychologist. <laughs> so, oh, thinking, my gosh. I, know, I, uh, I didn't even study psychology when I got to college. <laughs> one course, and I was like, nah. <laughs> so, so 17-year-old me would be super surprised. Uh, not so much about the writing. I think she might be proud and surprised that mm-hmm. I got published. That you know, I, she I did it put myself out yeah. there to get published okay. because seventeen-year-old okay. Mia was not, or uh, it was not, was not um, showing anybody her writing except for my mom. <laughs> you know, so um, mm-hmm. so that your mom knew. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom knew. I mean, people in my my mom, my brother, my dad. Because all I would do is like read and write, so it's hard to miss. Mm. <laughs> you know, where's he? Yeah, I love that. He's in our room reading or writing. That's that's basically what I, and yeah. I, I remember. My dad, he was uh, he was he, he's passed away now, but he was big on like go outside and go play and climb trees and run around. And I would be like sitting in the living room reading my like, third book for the week. <laughs> he's like, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, so he pushed me out the door and I take my book and I just be sitting outside reading. It's just like, I'm just changing locations. I'm not. Outside, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've got to finish this book. Like, oh my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 15 years from now, you're writing your memoir. What's the title? Um, 
every 10 years I reinvent myself. And I chose that one because my uncle said that to me several years ago. And he's a man who's reinvented himself many, many times. He's always striving to be better and do new things and try new things. And I was like, that's, that's an awesome you know, life philosophy, right? I mean, I take it to mean yeah. that you, you keep trying, you keep trying new things, you keep exploring, you keep growing. Um, so that and yeah. that's something that you I give kinda, yourself a reboost. Yeah, exactly. I, I I type that into my phone, and like mm-hmm. every every now and then it comes it comes back up. <laughs> you know, on your phone regurgitates things. Yeah, so, nice. it's like I just I I yeah I like that I like that saying. I love that. That's awesome. It's like, like you give your yourself permission to be like, all right, I'm starting over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting over. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, pretend we are creating a time capsule today of romances we consider timeless um, that is discovered a hundred years from now one of the romances in the time capsule was placed in by you what book is it um, I choose Sense and Sensibility which I know is an older book but okay. I love how the women are drawn in that book <laughs> I, okay. I, I, th- I mean, and I think, I think it qualifies as a romance. I guess it maybe is open to interpretation, but um, I, I, they, they all have agency. And I guess one of the, th- one of the reasons I really love that book is because Eleanor sort of challenges, at least verbally, the, um, the constrictors that women were placed under during that time and sort of points out that like, mm-hmm. look, I can't even earn my own fortune here. I've got, you know, all, all, all society sees of me is a wife and a mother and a caregiver. And, you know, if I'm, if, mm-hmm. if, if, if I don't manage to be a wife and a mother, right, I can take care of my dad I can take care of my mom. Maybe yeah. I could be some sort of nurse, you know, in, in those times, mm-hmm. even a teacher was kind of out of reach for a lot of, a lot of women. So um, each, you know, I, I just, I, I think the women, are making social statements in that book as well as I do kind of have a, a, a fictional crush on Colonel Brandon. So. Okay. <laughs> so I'll put that out there too. I like, I like that character. When did you read it for the first time? Uh, probably around high school. And then I kind of circle okay. back to it every few years. I, lo- I love it. Jane Austen and Macbeth. I'm sorry. Well, Macbeth is my favorite, but Jane Austen and Shakespeare. I've probably read of Shakespeare, Macbeth the most. Um, I, I mean, probably okay. picked up in the podcast. I like subtext. So you reading reading books once, you don't usually get the sub all of it, the subtext uh, in that first go round. And um, Shakespeare, Jane Austen, Louisa May Alcott, some of the, some of the older books have quite a bit of subtext, right? In 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 those yeah. in those novels. So yeah. So that's one of those books that you kind of feel like every time you return to it, you're picking up something something new. Different. Yeah, something new, something different. I mean there are lots of them. There really are lots of mm-hmm. books um that I, I return to depending on my mood. Um mm-hmm. one of my favorite my, my first like mystery-ish book is The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. And um, I, I, even though it's a YA 
book, like maybe maybe even like middle grade, um, I still read that and find stuff that I'm like, oh, this, this book is so great. <laughs> <laughs> and I know a lot of it is, is because I've read it so young and so it imprinted when I was, you know, 12 or yep. 13 or, you know, really, really young. And those, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of books though, right? I mean, you have those yeah. books that yes. for no other reason that they just touch something in you, you read at the right time in your life and mm-hmm. touch something in you. And maybe nobody else loves that book, <laughs> but that book yep. is yep. your book. <laughs> that's right. Do you think a lot of people are intimidated by classics because they think it's going to feel old and that there aren't going to be any relatable lessons? Yeah. And like, what would you say, like advice for, because I think one thing that we see a lot of is people want to read classics, but then you pick up one and you're like, oh, this was really hard to get into. I couldn't relate. And it's like, they're not for me, but Mm -hmm. you know, then you hear titles like this and it's like, at any time, you could probably read Sense and Sensibility as a woman and mm-hmm. find something and relatable. I, exactly, exactly. I, you know, I mean, I, I my mother was an English teacher, a high school English teacher. So we were reading from birth and, mm-hmm. she, would, <laughs> and she would augment the, the curriculum at our school with her own curriculum. So. Okay. (laughs) I didn't have a choice. All right. We had to read them and we had book report. We had home assignments and school assignments. And that's just the way it was. So um, some of them I read because I was kind of forced to, but I think it also, the more you read them, the more you kind of get used to the style. It it is a different style of writing than we do now. Mm -hmm. It just, it just is Um, a different language. you know, set, uh, set in, so in a different, um, really in a different world, like, <laughs> right. A completely different, mm-hmm, yeah. a completely different mm-hmm. background. So it does take some, it does take some mm-hmm. getting used to, and you just have to, it, it's easier if you started younger, I think maybe. Um, but you just, okay. you plow through it. I mean, I, I'm not one to suggest you read a book that you don't like, because it's popular or yeah. it's a classic. I, I no. don't I don't think that's a great way to um encourage reading. So if if you really just don't like them, don't mm-hmm. read them. There are tons of good books yeah. out there now that do the same thing. Yeah. Like I said, it's all about finding the books you connect with. And there are books that everybody can there mm-hmm. is a book out there for you. My brother used to say he doesn't like to read. He doesn't like to read. And then one day he called and he was like, you know what? I love to read. I just like reading nonfiction and biographies and autobiographies. And I was like, yes, everybody likes to read. I have two brothers. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Two of my brothers, they say it all the time now. They're like, I hated reading as a kid. They're like, now they it it was nonfiction that got yeah. them. They you just love have it. to find your books, and you might have a wide variety. Right. You know, you might like romance and sci-fi, and it may not make any sense. I mean, maybe no logic to it. That's okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Find your book, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> why it's so it's so important to read different ones so you can figure out what works for you. But everybody likes to read. Absolutely. Oh, what yeah. did your what did English teach your mom think about <laughs> you 
writing romance and like did she read pursuit of the truth <laughs> she read it all my aunties read it all my aunties friends read it uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah i mean and there's a little bit of like blushing and whatever but because you know my mom is reading this right romantic suspense and their steamy parts and like yeah it's your mom <laughs> they're your aunts right <laughs> But, you know, I'm here, which logically, you know, tells me some things about what my mom yeah, ever right. <laughs> Even if I don't ever want to think about it. <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah I mean, right? It's, it's fine. We don't, we don't, you know, they, we talk about the book. We don't get into detail about certain parts of it. <laughs> and that's yeah. cool with me. Yeah. <laughs> I love yep. it. That's awesome. I love it. That's I just, awesome. I always, when you have like an English teacher in the family, there's that idea of like, are they going to accept my love of romance or, know. you know, you know, she, she, she was always supportive. Yeah. Even my mom, you know, I, my mom's an English teacher and she was always read, 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 go read, go read. But my dad yeah. is really the one, as much as he was like, go outside and play, <laughs> you're a kid. <laughs> he had tons of books. He was a big reader. And he was like the guy who, if I said I liked a book, I'd have that book tomorrow. <laughs> it was just, he, yeah. he got books. He was always in the bookstore. Every page, period. He'd get himself yeah. a book. If you wanted a book, he'd get you a book. So um, we're, mm. we were readers in in our house to all different levels of reading yeah. <laughs> but but we you know both my parents were yeah. like you yep. gotta read yeah mm -hmm. I love that because I really believe that when you're surrounded by books when you see your parents reading you That's as true. a kid associate books with love and yeah, so then for you to like have that relationship where they're both so supportive. It's like, I mm -hmm. can totally see you not seeing them any other way. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. they're associated with love always. I, I do. I, I love boys in my house. The kids know, like I better not see a book on the floor. You better not be reading <laughs> a book. <laughs> it like, is a very, you know, important and thing that not everybody has access to. Right. So we yes. do not be taking this granted that you you know i'm i've taken sure. up the mantle of my dad and when my boys say they want a book i get that book <laughs> you know i make sure they yeah. have they yes. have the book they want <laughs> um so you know yeah but not everybody can do that and there are people who want to read desperately and you know every and i remind them they're like yeah. yes people who look like us at a, some point in time in history we're not allowed to learn to read so you know don't take for granted right what you have you, you know, it's yes. not exactly. It's, it's not something to be taken for granted. So, lastly, what is coming up next from you? <laughs> Can you talk anything about it? Can we get a date? Mm -hmm. Can we get a season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't talk. There are things I can talk about. Um, no, the second book in the West Investigation series will be out in. In paperback in August, August twenty third, I think the sec the last Tuesday in August. Um, I write this down. Yes, and then 
because I know for all my impatient, my fellow impatient people, the third book will be out in September of this year. So August is no way. Yeah. I August and September. (laughs) Awesome. I the second book is Sean's story. So Sean was in the first book, um, okay. Brian's brother. So he takes he takes uh, uh, four. Yes, months. he was. But I yeah, he was I liked him. He was cute and funny and kind of snappy. You know, a a, a, a good counterpoint to yeah. Ryan's ser- more serious nature. Um, so yeah, quiet night. Yeah, yeah quiet. Right, exactly. So right after finishing Pursuit of the Truth, because I kind of knew. Knew Sean was going to be next. <clears throat> I wrote his story, so that's why they could come out so quickly. Okay. And then when Harlequin picked up Pursuit of the Truth, they said, "What well, do you have any more? Do you have any other ideas? Um, we we'd like to get two more books at least." So, um, the third book is Gideon's story because he's also another one of who kind of as I was writing Pursuit of the Truth, a character going, "I have something to say too." <laughs> so. Um, yeah. I'm so <laughs> glad he said that he had something to yeah. say. I love yeah. him too. I loved Gideon. He's very stoic and like, these people are crazy. Like, I mean, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're there and get around with the world and just going, why do they make it so hard? <laughs> like, yeah. Why are we, why are we? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so I think his story is one of the more interesting because he's so quiet though. You know, it's like, what is going on okay. in his head? What's 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 his life like? You don't see mm-hmm. as much about his life in um, Pursuit of the Truth. So I, I think his is really interesting. Yep. And hopefully other people will think so too. <laughs> I have a feeling that we will. <laughs> I'm sure. so. There's always an author that always has that fear that like, well, any book will be is 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 not good enough, right? <laughs> right? It's always that like they're, they're, none of them are going to be good. But then there's the the second book sort of lore that the second book is never as good as the first one, and so there's always first, like, yeah. fear that you're going to disappoint people who like the first one and won't like the second one. But I like them. I remember I like, like tagging <laughs> you on Instagram. I was like. I'm in Walmart and here's Katie Richards. And you're like, I'm on lockdown. I haven't been able to see. So when you finally got to go out and yeah. see your book at the store, what was that like? I was so excited. I was so excited. <laughs> I mean, I have to tell you. It's it's thrilling. I was excited. I, I purposely went to the bookstore to see my, mm. you know, to see my book and take the picture that everybody takes with their book. But yep. um, what was super exciting was I was just going through the pharmacy. And I was in the checkout line. I look over at the books and my book is there. And I almost like want to scream to people like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's so, it was so like, I don't know. Cause that, it was really funny. I was like, now I've made it. I'm in the, I'm in the pharmacy. Like that. Is <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> That is where they have limited shelf space and they chose my book. That's awesome. I just imagined myself being like, this is me. Can I like sign my name in it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
somebody gets it home and they're like, oh my gosh, I got a signed book I got <laughs> Walmart yeah. when I was supposed to be buying green peppers. You know, you can go and say, you know, this is my book. Can I sign some copies? And they'll, a lot, most of them will, like, yeah, that's great. You know, and then they can put the little signed copy yeah. sticker on them. But, that's right. Um, I, I, I didn't do that in the, uh, I didn't do that in the pharmacy. <laughs> And the pharmacy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been an amazing opportunity to get the chance to chat with you. Thank you so much for starting your day with us and letting us start ours with you. Thank you for having me. So much. Where can everyone follow you online? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Katie Richards author, all one, one word. And same um, handle for my Facebook page, Facebook Facebook author okay. page. And um, you can get on my newsletter by going to www.kdrichardsbooks.com. Yes. No. Subscribe to the newsletter, okay? Yes. Yeah. I don't spend <laughs> Subscribe I don't to the newsletter. Lot, you know, I let you know interesting things, giveaways, yeah. that sort of. That's like literally the first thing that you send is I don't do spam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I <I'm laughs> uh, Even every week, it's like, oh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> too many, too much. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> um, so I, I try to keep it to at, at most once a month, unless there's something okay. really, you know, interesting happening. Um, that I think subscribers would be want to know. Okay. Okay. Well, everything will be linked in our description box. Again, go follow author Katie Richards online. If you have not read (laughs) Pursuit of the Truth, go pick it up. It's literally (laughs) like one of our favorites of this year. And the fact that we're getting two back-to-back August and September has just it's like the highlight now so thank you so much for all of your hard work (laughs) something something to reward you all for making it through a pandemic hopefully by then there we go yeah go see a few people (laughs) well you all have a wonderful day and we will talk to you in our next episode